Welcome to another podcast by Dr. Dennis Smith, Senior Pastor of Covenant Life Ministries. To find out more, go to lifeandfocustv.com. What were you thinking? You ever heard you ever had anybody ask that question? Maybe you've asked someone else that question. What in the world were you thinking? You know, does thinking, does your thinking make a difference? Is there something that needs to change as far as your mindset, your thinking? Does your thinking need to be transformed this morning? Why are uh, shows like Extreme Makeover, Biggest Loser, American Idol, why are they so popular? I think one of the reasons is is that people, we just love to see change. We love to watch the transformation from one life, one appearance, one a person that totally changes over a period of time and this complete makeover takes place. Transformed literally means to change from one form to another, like uh, a makeover, a shift. And that's what we're talking about here for a few weeks, talking about transformed living from the inside out. And we are looking at a transformed heart, or transformed thinking, or transformed mind, transformed words, and a transformed mission and purpose in our life. Now, last time we looked at the importance of a transformed heart. Life starts in the heart. It's a heart issue. If you want to resolve a problem spiritually, then you have to get to the heart of the matter. Real change starts on the inside. The problem is, even in the church, even in religious groups today, that so much of the effort is put toward external change. Change the way you live. Do's and don'ts. Behave yourself. Attend church. Try harder. And although it's very important for us to learn to live a, a, a life of good character and godliness, that's not, where, that's not where the change really begins. And in fact, if you try to make all the changes from that vantage point, you will be miserable. And it will overall, it will be a failure. Because you can work at it for a while, but still there's something missing Something has to take place on the inside. You remember the verse of scripture we looked at in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17? The Bible says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Kind of gives a picture in the Greek there when it says, Old things have passed away, and it's like, bang, there's a click. All things become new. It's like an explosive event. Something happens. This means anyone who belongs to Christ is a new person. The old life is gone. New life has begun. The Holy Spirit has come in to your life and regenerated a brand new beginning. Now, it's not that God doesn't care about the outward appearance, but he says that's not where change really starts. Back in Ezekiel, the prophet said, uh, he, the word was given from the Lord, and I will give you a new heart and I'll put a new song, a new spirit in you. Jesus said you must be born again, born from above. We are forgiven, made righteous, 
passed from death to life, set free from condemnation in Christ. Folks, we have a great salvation. I mean, it is awesome that no matter that, that God has said, look, you can't do it yourself. Sin has destroyed, sin has killed, and there is no, there is absolutely no remedy for that sin and separation from God, except there must be a sacrifice. Someone must take that, must take that sin upon himself. Someone must take, be that sacrifice in their place. And Jesus Christ, the Son of God, came to earth, lived perfect, sinless life, following, obeying the Father, doing supernatural things through faith and following the Father, and then gave his life on the cross, rose victorious over the grave. And because of all of that, what happened? You and I can become a new creation, a new person. Man, I think that's a place for a great amen, isn't it? Amen. And so that's what's happened. Uh, it, it's not about joining a church. It's not about being baptized. It's about the fact that you have had an encounter with a Savior, your living Lord, Jesus Christ, and He's changed your life forever. And folks, a committed relationship to Jesus will change you. It should cause you and I to become more Christ-like. And if that's not happening, you need to go back to that experience or go back to what you claim as an experience with God and say, well, no, look, I need to check on this. Did something really happen? Have I really surrendered my life to Christ? Old things pass away. All things become new. Well, that sounds great, doesn't it? I mean, that just really sounds great. But let's get down where the rubber meets the road. You know, pastor, it just doesn't really seem like it. I know that I'm a new person in Christ. But I still struggle with some of my thoughts. I still struggle with my attitude. I still struggle with things going on in my life right now. And I'm supposed to be a new creation. What gives? What's the problem? Well, we need to, to understand the work of salvation in our lives. And I think we're kind of walking through that today. Yes, old things have passed away. Your sins are forgiven. Yes, you have become a new person and that is what happens immediately when you surrender your life to Christ. Nothing, nothing more needed. Salvation is complete there in your life, in your relationship with Him. So, why then, if we're a new creation, then why doesn't everything change? I've asked myself that question sometimes. I say, you know, Lord, when I surrender my life to you, why didn't you just take away all that stuff? Why do I have to deal with temptations? And why do I have to deal with trying to see these things change in my life? When you save me, why couldn't you just completely do a makeover in me and I would always say the right thing and I would always think the right thing and always have the right attitude? That's not how it works. And that's not how it works. And understanding that is extremely important because if you think that's the way it works, then you're going to see yourself after you come to Christ, you're going to see yourself as a failure. You say, well, I came to Christ, but I'm still doing this, and I'm still doing that, and what's wrong with me? What's wrong? You see, inner grace, inner grace transforms us, and it produces changes outwardly in our lives. And here's the way I look at it. Life as a believer is an encounter and a process. I like to just use the three little letters actually to describe salvation as PEP, P-E-P. That when you look at your experience with God, it is a process. It, there was, a, there was a, a series of events that happened 
that brought you to a place where you recognized your need for Christ and you made the decision, right? I mean, people were praying for you. Maybe something happened in your life, got your attention. Maybe you're reading the Word. Maybe you heard someone uh, uh, share the gospel with you. Uh, but you were in a process of getting to that place where you recognize, I need, I need to make this decision in my life. Process. But there was, I believe, a moment in time. You may not be able to define it exactly or go back and, and, and know the time and place right to the hour or minute. But there's a time, I believe, that comes in a person's life where you, from your heart, call out to God and say, Lord, save me, or whatever words you may use that conforms to, the, to uh, how we are to be born again. Lord, I receive you as my Savior. I surrender my life to you. I repent of my sin come into my life. And that is, whether you feel it at the moment, whether there's any emotional emotions with it or not, that's not the issue. When you do that in faith, you are made new. In other words, you are now a believer. You are now His child. You now have been given the promise of heaven. Bang. Just like that. It's an encounter. Process to it. Encounter. Once you have that encounter, the process doesn't end. Once you have that encounter and Jesus comes to your heart, then that, that's called the new birth, right? So when a baby is born, that's just the beginning of learning to, 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 to crawl and then to walk and then to uh, develop in your life. And when you come to Christ and new birth, yes, you're starting out as a baby in Christ, a child. So then the progress then is called discipleship. That's what takes place once you know your sins are forgiven, once you become a Christian, then oh Lord, I want to progress. I want to go forward. I want to grow. I want to become more like you. And it doesn't happen immediately. And it doesn't happen automatically. Steps have to be taken to move in that direction. And we need to know what those are. Transformed. Uh, you know, when I look at really living a transformed life, it boils down to this. It starts with a transformed heart. It has to be that change on the inside. And then what are, the, what are two other key elements involved in living a transformed life? Transformed thinking. The way we think, our mind. The other one, transformed speaking or transformed words, which we'll talk about the Lord willing next time. Transform thinking, think about that. Positive psychology over the last few decades has become extremely popular. Positive thinking is touted today. And you know it's true that people with a glass half full mentality or outlook on life have an advantage over people who have a glass half empty view of life. It's just true. There have been studies done that reveal that typically those who have a positive outlook on life live longer than those who have a negative outlook. Now, there are some exceptions. I've known one or two people in my life that were the most negative people in the world. They were always sick, always complaining, and they lived to be 90 years old. That's the grace of God. They said, well, you know, they, they did, did work, work for them. It's okay. Well, that's an exception to the rule. And by the way, they might have lived to be 120 if they hadn't have been so negative. So, so we need to understand the importance 
in, in every aspect of our life, it's important for our thinking uh, to, to be positive, our thinking to align with what, what God has given us with His Word. Uh, Norman Vincent Peale wrote a book many years ago entitled Power of Positive Thinking. Some of you may have read it years ago. Uh, I had, as a young man, I had the opportunity to actually meet him uh, and hear him preach. Now, I understand there are some people who look at Norman Vincent Peale say he really didn't preach the, the real gospel and he's all about the psycholo psychological view of, 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 from the human perspective of just changing your outlook. Just, just begin to think differently. Have a positive outlook on life. But based upon what I heard that day, he had more to say than that. And the reason he had more to say than that is because positive thinking is not enough. Positive thinking in and of itself is not enough. It's got to go deeper than that. It's got to come from a source from within. The source has to be God that does that work in us to where we begin to have our mind renewed in Him. It takes more than just positive thinking. Now let's go back to our theme verses for just a moment. Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and 2. I'm in New Living Translation. Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and 2. And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all He's done for you. King James says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to Him. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind He will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship Him. Verse 2, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world. Don't be conformed to this world. But let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think, renewing your mind. Then you'll learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Remember I gave you a little paraphrase from the message, which I just want to read because I think it just is on a, the words that are used here just really kind of connect to us today. And I think it's well put. So here's what I want you to do. God helping you. Take your everyday ordinary life, your sleeping, eating, going to work, and walking around life, and place it before God as an offering. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing you can do for Him. Don't become so well adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. Instead, fix your attention on God. You'll be changed from the inside out. Readily recognize what He wants from you and quickly respond to it. Unlike the culture around you, always dragging you down to its level of immaturity, God will bring out the best in you and develop a well-formed maturity in you. Be transformed by the renewing, changing of your mind. Let me ask you a question, one big question. What governs, what monopolizes your thoughts? Many Christians deal with major battles that go on in the mind. Oftentimes, believers will have a problem of conforming to the pattern of this world, so they think like the world thinks. And by that, I'm, I'm talking about those who are without Christ or like the world system. They focus on this life primarily. It's all about now. It's all about this moment. The thinking centers around material, physical existence, existence values of this world, temporary problems, 
they focus on, they have thoughts of, that are self-centered, thoughts of worry. Their, their mindset is, you know, there's really no, there's really no absolute rights and wrongs. You, you, it's easy for people to conform to a way of thinking that's contrary to the mind of Christ or how God wants us to think. Get this, wrong thoughts are a breeding ground for Satan's lies. Wrong thoughts are a breeding ground for Satan's lies. People get drawn into all sorts of things, greed, pornography, and other things because of this. Very important. So, yes, it's great. I'm a new creation. Old is gone. New is come. What about now? What about my old way of thinking? Have I been renewed in my mind? What about those temptations in my mind. What about bitterness and depression, fear, hopelessness, frustrations, problems, and evil thoughts? People say, well, I just need to pray more. God, help me to have the right thoughts. God, help me to change my thinking. After some 14 weeks, I hope all of us know that it's always a good thing to pray. Always a good thing to pray. But you know, uh, it's not just about praying for things, is it? You know, essentially, uh, the scripture doesn't teach us to pray for more faith. The disciples asked for greater faith, but the scripture doesn't technically teach us to, to ask God for more faith. It shows us how we can get more faith. Faith will come this way. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. As you get God's word in you, then his promises and his truth grows in you and it rises from hope to faith as you begin to see that this is what God says to me, this is what he promises me, and therefore I believe it, I trust it. That's where faith comes from. Now it can be, faith can be bolstered by seeing different people's experiences and, and answered prayer and all these sorts of things. But faith really grows as we learn God's promises and get them inside of us. Good, always good to pray for God's help. It's good to pray for God help me to have the right kind of thoughts. Sometimes though that might be like a kid coming home and coming up to his mom and says, Mom, will you do my homework for me? And you understand that God's there to help us, but we have our role to play in doing our homework. Now, he helps us. It's about grace. I'm not talking about works here. But it's important for us to see that there are things for us to do. When it comes to having this renewal in our mind, it takes time and it takes effort. It doesn't happen automatically. We won't learn how to do that. How do you renew your mind? How do you change your thinking? Yes, it takes grace. First of all, it takes time. It takes effort. It's more than just saying, oh, God, renew my mind. So, let me name four things. Let me give you four simple things that will help us in changing our thinking. Transform thinking. First, always remember to allow the Holy Spirit to help you. He's the agent of change anyway. You cannot really change, not a lasting change, not an eternal change, without the work of the Holy Spirit in your life. That's what happened when you received Christ. Something happened. Made you new. 
That's what happens as you follow Christ. The Holy Spirit continues to work in your life, changing you. Has such a powerful ministry. Sometimes people just ignore or avoid the ministry and the person of the Holy Spirit. We dare not do that. He is available to all of us to help us. He says, I, I know life can be tough. You're in, Jesus said you're in this world, but you're not of it. Well, you know, when you're in this world, it's tough not to be part of it, isn't it? And by, I mean, you can be with people, and I'm talking about being part of it. I'm talking about conform to the things of this world or conform to the wrong things in life. But the Holy Spirit will help us, allow Him to, but you've got to allow Him to. He won't force Himself on you. 2 Timothy 1.7 says, For God has not given us the spirit of fear, but God has given us a spirit of, but of power and of love and of a sound mind or self-discipline. God didn't give you a spirit of fear, but he's given you power and love. He's given you a sound mind. John 16, 13 says the Holy Spirit of truth. In other words, he will guide you in truth. God will help you to discern between things as to whether you should allow this into your thought processes or not. Right, wrong, yes, no, positive, negative. Learn to allow the Holy Spirit to help you discern and show you what to allow into your life. Folks, this is so very down-to-earth, practical, but we must practice this, put it into effect in our lives by saying every day, Holy Spirit, guide me, begin to work in me so that my thoughts, my thinking are renewed so that I will let in the right things and keep out the wrong things. The Holy Spirit will help you do that. So number one, if you're going to have a mind renewal, a transformed thinking, it's going to have to start by allowing the Holy Spirit to do. If it doesn't start there, then you're not going to have any success. It's important, folks, for us to accept responsibility for this in our own lives. Get rid of the wrong attitudes, negative, critical ways, thinking, selfish thoughts. But now look, don't confuse the renewing of your mind with just those thoughts that may come to your mind. How many of you know that there are just some things that catch you off guard or by surprise? That things can be going on and all of a sudden this thought comes to mind. And you recognize very quickly, if you're a believer, you recognize very quickly, I shouldn't be thinking that. I, I, I shouldn't be having that thought. You, if you're a believer, you recognize that, don't you? We do. We recognize it. It comes to our mind. You think, oh man. So, it's not about the thoughts coming to your mind, although, although we can guard against that more and more. But when those thoughts come, it's what we do immediately at that moment that makes the difference. They can come, but they don't have to stay. You know, the old adage was, you know, a bird can fly and land in a tree, but you don't have to let it build a nest there. And so it's important for us to understand them with thoughts that when things come into your mind, immediately deal with them. If they don't belong there, deal with them. And the Holy Spirit will help you do that and we'll point out a couple of things also that will help you do that. So very important. Now, when I look at the overall learning or seeing how our thinking can change, I think of two words. And there will be words that you possibly have heard over the last year or two. And those words are repeal and replace. Now, yeah, it'd be great if you do that with Obamacare. But 
Here we're taking a little bit different direction on repealing. And if you want to renew your thoughts, then repeal and replace. How do we do that? Well, it's interesting. In Ephesians chapter 4, uh, verses 21 through 24, look at this. Ephesians 4, 21 through 24. So since you've heard about Jesus and you've learned the truth that comes from him, throw off your old sinful nature. Put it off. And your former way of life, which is corrupted by lust and deception. Verse 23. Instead, let the Spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. Remember? Spirit of God. Let the Spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. Number verse 24. And put on. Throw off. Put off. And put on. Throw off. Repeal. Get rid of it. Put on. Replace. Replace. Put on the new nature created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. So you see, you understand that it's basically the subject is understood there. It's like you put off and you put on. So when it tells us that, look, when someone, when someone says you do that, I know exactly who they're talking to. And I know I have responsibility to do it. And here the word says, do this. Do it. Put it off. Put it off. And begin. And the way you can effectively put it off is you begin to replace it. Put other things in it instead. So number one, allow the Holy Spirit to work in life. Number two, repeal or put off the wrong thoughts. Put them off. Put off the wrong attitudes. Takes. You must make a decision. Be committed to doing it. Thirdly. Don't be conformed. Take your thoughts captive. Take your thoughts captive. In Romans 12, it says you, do, you don't be conformed and made like or in the fashion plates like everyone else, everything else and things that are contrary to God's will, but instead be transformed or be changed by the renewing of your mind. Don't be conformed to the wrong thinking process, but take captive. Take that. 2 Corinthians 10, 5 says, take every thought captive. You. Take every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. You know, much of what we think, much of what we think about is directly connected to what we're feeding into our mind. Guard your mind. Be careful about the stuff you allow in. The garbage that you allow in. What do you listen to? What do you watch? Be very mindful of that. Allow the Holy Spirit to work in you. Repeal, put off the old. Don't be conformed, take captive. And number four, replace. Replace. Replace the wrong thoughts. In other words, here's what you do. First, you meditate on God's word. No better way than to watch, your, the, watch a transformation in your whole attitude and the way you see things, the way you think about things. And the more you meditate on God's truth and get His outlook on life. Man, when you get God's outlook on life, amazing changes can take place. The more you fill your mind with the truth, the more it will help you cleanse your mind from inappropriate thoughts. The problem is sometimes, folks, we know, we all know it, we allow our emotions, we allow our feelings, and we allow circumstances to control our thoughts. And that's not what's supposed, that's not what's supposed to control what we think about. 
So if I'm going to replace it, then I'm going to need to do this. I'm going to need to fix my thoughts on what is true. Philippians 4.8 is great scripture. Paul wrote Philippians 4.8. He said, uh, fix your thoughts on what's true, honorable, right, and pure, lovely, and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. In other versions, Paul names all these wonderful things about what's positive, true, honorable, right, lovely, and all these things. And then it says, he gives all these things and he says, think on these things. In other words, you, you can turn things around by just beginning to meditate on and think about, and I'm not talking about just mental exercises, but you begin to think about and allow what's true to be what develops and controls your thinking. Think on things. Look, in our culture, it seems to be much easier to think about bad things or to let things get into our mind that will pull us down, drag us down, or cause us to become fearful. Isn't that really what happens? Uh, What happens when you're worrying? Where are your thoughts when you're worrying? Where are your thoughts when you're in fear? Where are your thoughts when you're in rebellion? Where are your thoughts when you're stingy or greedy? Where are your thoughts? Well, we're allowing the enemy to feed us information, misinformation to us as believers. If we allow God's word to feed us and we'll begin to say, no, I'm not going to think on that. I'm not going to sit around and fill up my mind with that. I'm going to begin looking around, seeing, observing all kinds of things around me where I can see is something positive I can put in my life. And I'll begin replacing those things, the wrong thoughts with the right thoughts. Don't get into just a mental exercise or just a a religious exercise of just trying to do this. God will help you to recognize quickly when thoughts, your thinking is not aligning with his word. And then what you do is you just simply turn it around, reverse it. Thought of fear, begin to meditate on the word and think on how you've seen God do wonderful things and know that you can trust him and believe in him. And everything through him is going to be all right. Fear, worry, it doesn't belong here, does it? Get angry at the situation? Then let God renew your thoughts about forgiveness. About forgiveness and love. Feel hopeless or weak? Understand this is not who you are in Christ. Renew your thoughts by seeing who you are in him, that you're strong, that you're more than a conqueror. And see, basically what that boils down to is you renew your thoughts by recognizing your real identity, who you are in Christ. And when you recognize who you are in Christ, your thought process will change. It's true. It's true. When you think about it, you think like his kid. You think like his child. And you begin to line up and believe what your father says. Fix your thoughts on Jesus, the apostle and high priest who, uh, that, we, who is, uh, that we confess is our Lord. The scripture says, set your mind on things above. Set Put, you set your mind on things above, not on earthly things. So very important. Allow the Holy Spirit to work in your life. Repeal the wrong stuff. Put off the old. 
Don't be conformed. Take, take captive the word of the obedience of Christ. Replace. Allow God's word and his spirit to begin to, to call out or to help you discern and push away the bad and bring in the right and always be ready to replace the wrong thoughts with what God says and with his thoughts. You have to be proactive in this. Be surrendered to him, but be proactive. Super important. Renew your minds and it will change your life. It's all for our benefit, folks, because if we do this, according to Romans 12, if we do this, then we can know and discern God's will. How many times have I had people say, I just really want to know God's will. He says, if you will renew your mind according to the word, that you will know and discern his will. Also, the benefit is that if you will renew your mind, you can experience and walk in his peace. Isaiah 26.3 says, you will keep him in perfect peace whose trust in you, whose thoughts are on you. God will keep you at perfect peace if you keep your thoughts focused on him. You will be able to know and discern God's will. You will experience God. God's peace and you'll see your life changed because right thinking leads to right living to right actions in your life and by right thinking I'm talking about just uh, what you think's right or what I think is right right thinking is thinking that aligns with God's truth and what he says and it'll change us but we have to guard over our heart don't we we have to guard over it Proverbs 4 3 says guard your heart above all else for it determines the course of your life one version says, guard and protect your heart. I want to encourage you this morning. I want to encourage you as a believer. You've come to Christ. Your heart's been changed. Brand new beginning. But maybe you're still dealing with some things. Because why? Because you had the process. You had the encounter with God. But you're a work in progress. Yeah. God's still working on us. You're a work in progress. And so while you're in progress, one of the keys is for you to renew your mind. Let the Holy Spirit and the Word of God work and renew your mind. And as you make progress, the old things that don't need to stay begin to just fall away. They will. They begin to fall away, fall off, and then it's replaced with what God wants to put into your life. And what God puts into your life is always the very best. Always. Always. Renew your mind. Change your thinking. Change your life. Amen.